Welcome to How She Creates. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Lauren. And we're here to take you behind the scenes with all your favorite artists to learn how they create. We'll discuss creativity, tips, tools, inspiration, and life as an artist. We hope these conversations leave you encouraged to make more stuff and share it with the world. In today's episode, Lauren interviews Amy Maricola about mindfulness and art chilling. We discuss using art as self-care and how to get your family on board with you spending time on yourself. Amy shares a ton of great techniques, tips, and ideas for creating simple, intuitive background pages that will help you relax, explore your creativity, and build beautiful pages through working in layers. Listen in today for some great practical tips on how to give yourself permission to use art to take care of yourself. Amy, thank you so much for joining us on How She Creates. We're so excited to talk to you today about mindfulness in creating. Can you introduce yourself for us? <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Amy Maracle with Mindful Art Studio. Um, and uh, it's an online art studio. And I'm all about helping people, um, whether they have art experience, lots of it or none at all, to help empower them to use art for creative expression and de-stressing, as I say. Um, so I do a lot of art journaling with people and um, using a lot of very simple, but also intuitive art techniques to uh, kind of explore what you're feeling and do a lot of fun stuff in the journal. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, well, I know we have lots of questions for you today. So can you tell us your creative journey, how you got started with creating? Um, yeah, so I think, uh, for me, um, it's a very varied, I look at art as the arts. So not just visual art, but I really think about the broad spectrum from acting, dancing, singing, visual art, writing. For me, it's all on the same, um, creative spectrum. It's all the same creative soup. Uh, so when I was younger, I did a lot more performance oriented stuff. So I was really into acting and singing and songwriting. And obviously now I'm getting out of the performance stuff, but I did a lot of writing poetry and writing songs and, um, making up that kind of thing. Um, and as I got into high school, I was more into the writing and I started drawing some more, um, and getting into that. Uh, and once I was in college, I drifted into photography and it, so I clearly, I just kind of kept drifting, drifting, drifting. And, um, when, uh, I first started working, I had a kind of a previous life as a human rights activist. And I also happened to thankfully live in a community that had like a giant, uh, awesome artist community and there was a fabulous dance studio there the liz lerman dance studio people know that much about dance they'll know that name um and so i was taking dance classes there and attending drum circles and um taking painting classes and ceramics and blah 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 blah, blah. so it was just sort of a an artistic uh renaissance personally for me and um, at the same time, I was working with um, people from Guatemala who had sur survived just terrible, awful things. And um, I loved the political work, but I found that I felt sort of helpless with it. And I was doing all this other work and reading uh, The Artist's Way and reading books by Sark, um, who does a lot of kind of personal transformation through art and writing and creativity. And I just started to feel like, Hmm, art 
therapy. Let's put those together. <laughs> and um, just because it had been so effective in my own life and it was so energizing and exciting and uh, like awakening almost, you know what I mean? It's just like it, it makes me feel so alive, whether it's performance or, um, you know, through acting or something like that, or if it's visual art, for me brings me to this whole other energy and space that's um, releases stress but it's also when I really get into it and I get into the flow it's a very spiritual experience for me and it's very meaningful and it's one of the things that really feeds me more than more than anything else I can think of I mean obviously my connections with people I love but besides that I can't really think of anything else that is quite the same and now you're a registered art therapist, correct? Yes. So after all that, I realized I wanted to go to grad school for art therapy and I actually went to Leslie University in Cambridge. And um, so the art therapy program is within an expressive therapy program that really does look in that same holistic, all different kinds of art forms in therapy. So, um, you know, the, the difference between... Um, the difference between therapy, uh, sorry, the difference between art that feels good and feels therapeutic and art therapy is, you know, for, uh, because I'm an art therapist, it's important that I draw that distinction. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, what I'm trying to t teach people on Mindful Art Studio is not art therapy. It's art as self-care, um, art for enjoyment, art to delve into that mysterious kind of spiritual place that comes up when you really let go and let the art take the lead. Um, whereas art therapy would only be something like, I, I always laugh. It's the same way that like, um, you know, when people say like, Oh man, I need some retail therapy, you know, <laughs> it, it's the same kind of thing. You, you know, you could say, Oh yeah, I need some art therapy, but just so that folks understand you know obviously art therapy would really only be with a trained art therapist in their office there's a treatment plan there's goals and um you know like when i use art for myself i'm an art therapist but i can't be my own art therapist right i can't be the witness to the work that i'm doing and sit there and be tracking um my reactions to things and noticing how my breathing speeds up when I start to make those particular marks and, um, you know, ask those really good questions that only someone outside of me would start to notice and say like, well, you know, it's interesting. You said that about the carousel because now here it is in your, in your image. And like, did you, did you notice that? Like, Oh God, no, I never even saw that. Like, so it's, it's the same thing as talk therapy in the sense that, it, it's only something that happens with someone who's trained to do it. Whereas you can use art for your own personal growth, no matter who you are, it's different. You're not going to get the exact same thing out of it and that's okay. And I, you know, I always try and let people know when they're on mindful art studio, that this is not art therapy. And, you know, I'm really just trying to help empower people to have these tools to explore and explore themselves and, let go of stress. But if you're feeling like you have a lot on your plate and you can't handle it, you should go to the American art therapy association.com 
website. Um, and there's a list of art therapists in your area. And if you need more help with mental health, then that's, that's a great direction to go in. Um, but for people who are just looking for a way to kind of prioritize themselves and make time for art and finally put themselves first a little bit and really indulge in this great creative life that we can have, then, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. That is so cool. I love um, learning more about different types of therapies. And I like that. I know that art therapy is not like a genie in the bottle, but, you know, we're Mm -hmm. in this season of dreams for Get Messy. And so we're doing a lot Mm -hmm. of, you know, dream interpretation and analyzation. And, you know, and it's all subjective um, with that. You know, there there are, you know, like the dream dictionary, you can look up things. But I like Mm -hmm. that, you know, in in art therapy, someone is kind of analyzing what you're doing and helping you think through that in a way that, like you said, only someone outside of you can. And I think that is super cool. And I would really encourage people to go onto that website. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Um, If you feel like that you need some kind of outside help and that art therapy would be a better, um, more comfortable, safer, more expressive environment for you. And so I would really encourage people to look into that if that's something that they feel like they need. Um, But if that is not, and they want to be more mindful in their art process they should definitely check out your site and say what your site is again that they can find you at sure it's mindfulartstudio.com perfect and will you share an example of something that you would share on your site like an activity that or exercise that we could do yeah sure um so something i've been doing lately just very recently is um I've been uh, writing in my journal. So uh, actually, wait, let me back it up a little bit. I want to say a little bit about how I sort of approach journal pages because I think it's a really great way because one of the things that a lot of people that I work with, whether doing creative development uh, mentoring or just kind of commenting in the... uh, We have a private uh, creative self-care group on Facebook. Um, A lot of people you know, say, you know, I really am so busy. I really just don't have time to make art. And I really have no idea how to fit it in. And I think the for me anyway, the way that I approach art making in stages really helps me to fit it into my life. So I like to share this so that if it feels like something that works for somebody else, then they can try it out and take the pieces that work for them. Um, So, you know, I work in stages. I work in multiple journals or pages at the same time. Um, And I often don't plan anything. So, um, because like another common problem is, let's say it's the end of the day and you're really tired, which I know you can identify with right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For me, it's morning. For you, it's nighttime. (laughs) Um, And you want to sit down and create something, but you don't have enough energy that you are going to sit there and plan something out or find an idea, but you want to do something. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think that this is a great way to work. So I will start with the way that the stages works is I'll start with a background and I might do a series and I'll talk about that in a second. I might do a series of backgrounds all in one sitting. I might do just one. It totally depends, but I've got kind of permission to do a bunch of quick backgrounds or just do backgrounds. I don't need to come out with a finished page in one sitting. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that when people first start, they have this impression that they're supposed to sit down and do it until it's done. Mm -hmm. And then they end up kind of rushing 
And I see that a lot. And then they get really unhappy with the results because it looks, it reflects what happened. Exactly. And that they were, yeah, focusing on that, getting it done and the end product in a sense, rather than being present in the moment and just kind of being focused on the process of doing it, which frankly is a lot of what I find so satisfying and healing and helpful. So, you know, for me, a background might be that I start out, uh, what I was about to say was I've been writing um, in my journal a lot lately because I've just been in a period where I've got a lot on my plate and I need to just write things out and figure it out in words. Mm-hmm. Um you know, whether it's because I need to get it off my chest or I need to get that outside perspective, but in words, not images. And it, it just depends. So I give myself permission to do whatever feels right. I don't have to draw in my art journal. It's OK. I'm allowed. <laughs> Again, I think we come in with a lot of ideas about what the rules are that I think is not helpful. And for me, I feel like the art journal should be an anything goes kind of space. If you want to sit down and you need to make a bunch of junk and it needs to look really junky and crappy, I think you should do that <laughs> because you can always paint over it, glue the pages together, cut it out, out, out glue something over it. I mean, there's just, it, you need to have space to just show up in your journal and let it be whatever you're feeling. Cause our feelings are, you know, like we had talked about another time, our feelings are not always pretty. So the pages are not always going to be pretty either. And that's a good thing. Um, So, you know, that background might be that I write something out first and that's the first layer. It might be that the first layer is I've cut a stamp out of like just some cheap craft foam and then I paint on the craft foam and I stamp a pattern all over the page. It might be that I do one of um, what I call a messy background where I essentially scribble and paint all over the page with say like white plus another color, which always I think is pretty easy to make it look good. Um, Mm -hmm even if you have no art experience and I'm all about those sorts of things. Cause if you set yourself up for success, then you're going to be happier with it. You're going to want to do it more so on and so forth. And I think the other key about really doing more than one page. So if I've got two, three journals set out or a bunch of different loose sheets set out, and let's say I'm doing that messy background with blue and white, then, you know, I'm taking the blue, I'm taking a little white and I'm kind of moving it around and kind of scribbling And I try it on page one. Then I try it again on page two. Then I try it again on page three. You know, and maybe by the time I've gotten to page three or four or five, I'm kind of like, oh, hey, wait, hey, that actually looks kind of good. I kind of like that. You know, and I might go back and touch up page two based on what I learned and, you know, realize that if I put just a little bit here, oh, actually, now that looks really interesting. And I find that it starts to really loosen me up. And that's something I was talking with one of my mentoring clients the other day about too. There's something really powerful about getting permission to just show up and loosen up. Um, Like I had heard, I don't even remember where I heard it now, but I had heard somewhere. um, Oh, somebody was talking about hearing um, an interview with Adele or something and about how she knows her voice so well. And, um, knows exactly when she's going to get to kind of that really sweet spot in her warm-up that she gets the best fullest most gorgeous tones and it takes her about two hours to get there wow so she'll she'll run a song and do it and do it and do it and do it in the the studio until she in in a sense because it's a muscle 
until she gets that muscle to that that point of of being warmed up that she gets that exact tone so that like and i just thought it was great permission giving and one of my clients was saying too like that just gave me so much permission to just show up and warm up that that's okay sometimes it's all right to just show up in my journal and just do warm-ups right like you could you could just sit down in your journal and paint little plus signs all over your page (laughs) you know you could do a little pattern you could do the messy background but it it doesn't have to be some big finished amazing thing because for me a journal is a playground it's meant to be a place where you play and as adults we need a lot a lot a lot of permission to play as kids we have all the permission in the world and then somehow as adults we have to do it through sports or I don't know, board games or something like that. But play is such an important part of feeling um, good and releasing stress and learning. And I don't think that's ever anything that stops. And I think the people who are really playful are able to let go of that stress. And that's really important. So anyway, working in layers, I'll start with a background Um, And then I might come in, um, you know, I obviously, like you, I do a lot of pattern stuff lately. So I might come then in with some sort of, you know, pattern that's doodled with gel pens or something like that. So, you know, I do a lot of circles. So I might do circles or bubbles or something like that, or just lines. And I might write something over that, like the ones that I've been doing with the, um, the text on the page first. And then I've been um, doing little patterns over the page. So like, you know, I've got little series of three lines turned different directions or um, things that almost look like skeins of yarn or something like that. Um, Just, just different things. And then, you know, I might um, paint over that and write some message or I might just leave it as is. And I've got pages that sit for months, years, and then I'll come back or I might not, or I've got, Um, you know, I might go back on a, a painted background and then just put like a blob of paint. Um, this was a trick I got from Carla Sondheim. She's got this great tutorial and maybe you guys can link to it called blobinals. (laughs) I hope I'm saying that right. (laughs) Where basically she makes a blob of paint and then just makes like a creature out of it. And again, there's that playfulness that's so fun and inventive and, you know, doing that technique, I've come up with stuff that I never in a million years could have sat down and said like, okay, I'd like to make these four ghostly looking figures on a pilgrimage in these caverns. No, I wouldn't, but I have Mm -hmm. a page like that now that I absolutely love. And then when I can let go like that, I get into this playful inventive narrative in my head of like, yeah, it's like they're on a pilgrimage. That's so cool. And it's like this, you get into this other place, this other space. And it's like this mental vacation. I always think about it like, you know, putting my feet in, in, in the holy waters of the creative, you know, goo that's out there or something. I don't know. It's just, it's this transformative kind of experience. So um, that was a super long answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, it was great. You said so many good things. Um, and it reminds me of our last episode two episodes ago episode two where we interview 
uh, Lauren Caterson and Katie liked, and we talked about um, the five minutes of collage. And we so we issued a challenge, and so there's a hashtag on Instagram, and I've been working through it. And so you set a timer for five minutes, and mm-hmm. you work on a page, and once the timer goes off, you're done, and you can come back to it the next day or the next, and you just keep adding to it in five-minute increments. And, and it does, it gives you that permission to not have to finish anything, to know, you know, it makes it approachable. I'm not going to have to work on this for hours and hours. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, to keep things simple. Um, and so you guys can, you know, search that hashtag five minutes of collage and add to it. If you, you know, want to work in layers like Amy is and you can just start with five minutes of painting a background and then tomorrow come in with five minutes of adding some doodles or some marking. However, you know, it feels comfortable to you. I, I love the idea of working in layers. Um, I think that's great. I love doing the five minutes and I'll set a timer too. Like if I need a little break, I just set a timer. So I feel like I'm not going to go over and get off schedule. Yeah. Um, And I just, I'm amazed at that. I'm like amazed and I'm a little overwhelmed that Adele takes two hours to warm up. (laughs) (laughs) Because I've been like, oh my God, I don't have two hours to warm up before I get started. Um, Well, I don't, I don't think, I don't say it to give the idea that you need two hours to warm up, but in the sense that like, you know, it takes a long time to hit a sweet spot and, you know, it is art and it does take practice. Right. And I think there's this delicate balance in, in art and working expressively and intuitively the way that I do between, um, there's this marriage between giving yourself permission to work expressively and freely and almost in a very childlike manner, just kind of let things go, maybe work with your non-dominant hand, maybe almost even pretend as I do sometimes when I need to loosen up that I'm a little tiny toddler making art and just see what comes up because it helps me push my boundaries and make things I wouldn't otherwise. So there's this balance between doing having that kind of attitude and taking classes, whether online or in person to give you the skills, almost like a vocabulary to be able to express what you want to say through the art. And, you know, I try to work with people around, like you've got to sit down and think about in your heart of hearts right now, what's the first order need that you've got, you know, what is what you really need? Are you here? Are you called to be at mindful art studio? Cause you really need to cultivate more awareness and being present in the moment, slowing down and allowing yourself to start to cultivate a practice of letting go of that, Um, perfectionistic side and so that you're really working on those more expressive techniques and tuning into your senses while you're creating so that you're listening to the sound of the pencil on the page and the texture of it, the feel of the paper underneath your hand, the smell of the paint, you know, and really cultivating that awareness and presence in the moment and tuning into your breathing. Or are you someone who has so much to say And that you want to express and explore and you know that you need to gain a little bit more drawing skills, painting skills, so that you've got like another language or vocabulary with which to say those things. And there's going to be different moments in your life when you want more one side or the other. But I think it's unrealistic to expect you're going to sit down in front of the page and create like somebody that you see online that's got all this art background. And then you get frustrated with yourself because you're not creating this masterpiece in your journal. You, 
you, you got to be realistic about <laughs> what you're going to create there and either be open and accepting with yourself about letting it be more intuitive and more primitive looking. Cause that can be, I mean, there's a lot of sort of what I would call primitive styles that are amazing that I completely admire, you know, or something that's more formed looking and then you have to put in the work. Yeah, I totally agree. And I like what you said about getting skills and learning things, because I think when you sit down at a page, when you sit down at a canvas or whatever you're doing and you go, OK, make something, it's it's just too much. Even for, you yeah. know, an experienced artist, you have to know what you're making and why. And so, you know, if you don't you know, you don't have a specific reason why you're coming to the canvas or to the page to make Following a challenge, following a tutorial, following a prompt from someone else will help get you started. And it might, you know, take its own direction and go in a completely different way, but it eliminates that fear of the blank page that we see so mm-hmm. many people have is how do I start? How do I start? That's what we hear at Get Messy all the time is I just don't know how to start. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, you do. You already have started, you know. But it's just following mm-hmm. those step by steps until you can figure out what you want to say on your own. And so I love that. I think that taking classes is not a waste of time, even if they're online classes like that. They're very valuable. Yeah. And I would say with what you're saying, coming from uh, and everyone appro- and just to say all artists and our journalists approach this differently, like, you know, yes, have some sort of tutorial or whatever that you're following or don't. And if you're going to work intuitively, then, yeah, you know, you're going to work with whatever medium you're working. You're going to work in paint. Right. And you let the first color that catches your attention to be the one that you choose, even if you don't care for it. And you put a blob on the canvas or on the page and then you're like, okay, what catches my attention next? And you just sort of let it evolve like that. And and that's a practice, too. Right. You can practice being very open and free and just as they say, doing it for the process and then mindfully kind of noticing like, wow, what are my reactions to this? How do I, you know, react to each color choice or, you know, do I have like a running thing in my head with my inner critic that's saying like, God, that's so ugly. Why are you doing this? You're wasting your time. And just sort of noticing like, oh, wow, look at that. Look at all those negative voices coming up for me right now. That's interesting. Yeah, that is such a hard place to get to. You know, I've been to mindfulness workshops, you know, and there's a leader guiding you through being mindful and, you know, being present and being aware of, you know, how you're sitting and how the temperature in the room is and what Mm -hmm. you're thinking. And that Mm -hmm. and it's hard even with the leader pulling you through that of, okay, come back to your breathing, come back to where you are, come back Mm -hmm. to your thoughts. Um, And so I think that that is such a Skill, but such a necessary and important skill to people who are creating to be able to be mindful in their art. And so do you have any tips for how to get to yeah. that place when you're all by yourself and you've got a million things happening in the next room? Absolutely. I think part of it, like, like you're going to say like, yeah, duh, of course is practice. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, I would say, um, I I like the, I always suggest the five minute thing to people, or you can even start with a minute. And I really like the having a timer because it's very, you know, you know, it's time limited. So maybe you set a timer for a minute. Um, Like something I did in a a webinar recently was um, three drawings for a minute. And um, so the task was to draw like a, a set of bubbles or lines 
in a minute each. And the first time really, really fast. Uh, the second time, very, very slow, as slow as you could possibly draw them. And then the third time for a minute at a medium speed. And just each time, just sort of noticing what that felt like. Um, and it's, you know, obviously a great exercise because it helps you sort of, you know, notice um, how you feel doing all three. And most people tend to rush when they first start. Um, so it's sort of a good learning experience to see. Um, but other people really hate the really slow and it may be what they need and it may not be. But that's one good trial. I also suggest keeping like make like a pretty little sign for your art table or your art space that um, is a good phrase for you. Now, for me, it might be slow down or it might be tune into your senses, because for me, I tune less into um, my thoughts per se than I do, um, you know, just through the five senses. So what does the brush feel like in my hand? What is the smell of the paint or the ink? Um, what does this page feel like? And I try to choose materials that are really evocative for me in that way. You know what I mean? Like I, and maybe I'm slightly predisposed because I like weird things like the sound of tissue paper, <laughs> but like just inviting yourself to just kind of tune into what you're, what you're experiencing with the materials, I think can be a nice way. Cause it's not so like, oh, okay, um, I'm going to, you know, meditate. It's, you know, okay. You know, what does this paint smell like? You know, what does this paper sound like when I'm, you know, crinkling it and gluing it down? And what does this feel like? And if you've got some sort of little sign or reminder on your table that says like, tune in through the senses or what am I hearing? What am I seeing? What am I smelling or whatever it is? I, I think something that for me, I wouldn't enjoy something that kind of, I don't know, but that's too detailed, but, you know, tune into your senses, something like that can be nice, I think. But it's also playing around and figuring out kind of what helps you tune in. Maybe it helps you tune in more if you listen to music. That might seem counterintuitive, but maybe it helps shut down some of the mental chatter that might happen otherwise. Um, you know, maybe you do better if, um, you know, you wear headphones, but there's no music in it because it kind of drowns out the outside world. Maybe you do better if you work in short spurts. Maybe you do better if you work in long spurts. Because it like, you know, in that Adele kind of way, you warm into it. And the longer you do it, the more that you can sort of just tune in and relax into it and stop worrying so much about whether or not it's going to be, quote, good. Yeah, those are great tips. I really love the one about, you know, leaving the note on your desk to remind you to, you know, use your senses and slow yourself down. Um, I'm reading The Artist Way. And last week, I think two weeks ago, we it was reading uh, it was about making time for your artist, making time for your art. And the one thing that I know I struggle with the most is busyness and then feeling like I'm being selfish or not productive mm -hmm. if I'm just sitting and painting for no reason. Um, yeah. But, Quote unquote, for no reason. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I know that that is what is so important to my mental health and to my self-care. Um, but it's so hard for me to justify that. And I have, you know, gotten emails and comments from people asking, you know, what do I do? How do I get my family and other people on board, you know, who, who don't understand mm -hmm. that this is important time for me and they think I am being selfish. Uh, do you have any thoughts about that? How to get other people on board? I, it's such a great question. So um, 
I think the the big thing for me is the way that I like to talk about self-care. Self-care is not even so much what we do. Self-care is an attitude. And it's an attitude that says, I matter too. And, and that means that you take yourself into account in every single decision you make and what's best for you. It doesn't mean you're selfishly always choosing yourself over everyone and everything else. But it does mean that you think about it. And cultivating that practice of always asking, how is this going to affect me? How is this going to affect me? Is this good for me? Starts to give you an awareness of there are plenty of times that we all make choices without even thinking about it. And then after the fact, you're like, oh, crap, that didn't work out so great for me. Um, And you might still make the same choice another time. Again, it's not about that you're selfishly always putting yourself first. But eventually you get to a point where you realize, hey, if I don't ever put myself first, I'm never going to come first. (laughs) And if I never come first, then I don't have my best to give to everybody else. So um, I think part of it is starting to really get to a point where you yourself buy that. And... I think talking to friends and family members about the fact that and framing it really first as self-care is something I think that more people understand and buy into. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really starting to realize that I don't always prioritize myself when I should and I put other people first too much and then I get run down and then this and this happens like, you know, that happened last week and... <laughs> You know, and I'm trying to do a better job of just staying more on an even heel with it so that I don't then need to like pull back and, you know, or get so depleted or what have you. So, you know, I think if you can frame it first in terms of I'm just trying to do a better job of taking care of myself and, you know, hey, uh, mom, I know that you love to garden or you love to cook or you love to do this. And you know what? For me, that's art. You know, or. Um, Hey, my brother, Joe, you know, I know that you love to watch sports or you love to go out for a run or whatever. And for me, that's art. It's the same thing for me. Um, You know, and I just really need you to, you don't have to understand it, but I need you, you know, I'm really asking you to be supportive by just not knocking it. You know, and like, if you're in the sort of family where people really don't get art, then my big advice is do not share it with the people who don't get it because you're just setting yourself up. Find those people, connect with other artists, right? (laughs) Don't set yourself up. If you know, they don't get it. Don't shoot yourself in the foot by trying to make them get it because, and I'm not, I don't mean this in a critical way, but just, it's not everyone's cup of tea and that's okay. And it's not going to be, you can't make it their cup of tea. So don't don't bruise your already fragile, newly minted artist <laughs> ego by showing it to people who aren't going to get it and can't build you up. Show it to the people who, you know, are going to be like that amazing teacher you had. And even if you show them the ugliest piece of junk in the world, they're going to be like, oh, my God, look at that color combination in the right corner. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that you're doing this. Choose those people. 
Oh yeah. We always need a friend like that. I have a friend like that. It does not matter what I tell her. She's like, you're amazing. This is the best thing ever. (laughs) And I just tell her things whenever I'm having a bad day, I'll just like make something up just so I can hear her be so encouraging. Oh my gosh. It just makes my heart so happy to hear you say that because yes, I matter. And I love that you compared it to what other people find important because I think Mm -hmm. that's how we get buy-in and that's how we get people to understand as we make that connection for them. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is really great advice to give to someone who's trying to figure out how to get their family on board and to understand and to be in agreement with that. That is fantastic. Um, What are some tips that you would give to people who are brand new to using mindfulness in their art and using Mm -hmm. art as self-care? What would you say? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a lot of what I was sort of laying out before. I mean, the way that I work is by doing things in layers. So I guess I would say keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the same thing that you always, you guys always say, get messy too. Um, because that's what works, right? Especially in the beginning, keep it simple. I think um, like, like the two of us are doing, I mean, there's just a lot of patterns happening in art right now. I don't really know why that is. It's sort of curious to... Of course, you can't look back um, when you're in it, but um, it's interesting to me that there's so much pattern-driven artwork happening right now, and that we're all so drawn to it. Maybe it's something about things feeling so chaotic, or we live so much of our life online right now. I don't know, but anyway, um, you know, patterns I think are a great way. Like if you take, for instance, um, and maybe you guys can link to it, but if folks do like that messy background technique. Right. And that's an easy way to conquer the blank page. So do a messy background. You do several of those. Then by the time you've done a few of those, the first page maybe is dry or you hit it with a hairdryer or something. And then you get just a gel pen. Um, And maybe you guys can do links to some of these things so people know what I'm talking about. It's easy. Um, Or even a pencil. I mean, whatever you've got at home. Um, And, you know, just start doodling like bubbles or circles over it. And just explore and see what happens and take your time. Don't rush. Um, Let it happen kind of slowly. And so, you know, and maybe you want to set a timer so you're not worried that you're going to be there too long. Or maybe that feels stressful and you want to just put on music and let it happen. You know, you know, you've got the morning or the evening. And so you just kind of let yourself do that. Um, you know, maybe you need to go to a place where you can close the door, even if that's your bedroom, put a little sign on your door and let everybody know, like, this is my hour. And hey, guys, you know how you like to watch your show? This is my show hour. So please don't bother. <laughs> um, you know, and then you're just sort of trying to and I wouldn't get too uptight about like, oh, my God, I have to be mindful. Just 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 start by getting into Let's try out these techniques. Let's make the art. And I'm going to try not to let my, you know, I'm going to notice if I have critical thoughts or I shouldn't do this. And just remember me saying, you know what? You have permission. It's really important to take care of yourself. And if you're hearing that voice inside that says like, hey, I don't know if I can, but I really want to create something. There's a reason for that. And it's really meaningful. And it's something very ancient and old because you look at all the older cultures and they all have the arts throughout life woven in and so it's a very human need and calling that you're feeling and you don't need to be an expert at it you don't need to be the best artist on the planet you just have a need to create because it's very real and human and expressive and healing and so go with it 
those are great tips. Keep it simple. Slow down. Oh, I love it. I love that. So what about people who are super busy and on the go all the time? What would your suggestion be for them? Well, I'd say two things. Um, first of all, I think part of it is going back to the whole cultivating an attitude of self-care. Because once you start to actually prioritize the fact that you need time for yourself, you need time to slow down, then you start to find time to do the things that help you to slow down and take care of yourself. Because some of the other stuff becomes less important or you learn to shuffle things around a little bit differently. Um, you know, maybe you don't need to clean your bathroom exactly on the seventh day. <laughs> Right. You know, can wait an extra day or something like that because you really just need to make art because you feel that feeling in your chest and you know that it's time to sit down and relax a little bit and just do a little painting or what have you. Um, I would also say, though, I mean, there's that there's the set the setting a timer thing for me is huge, whether I have, you know, five minutes or I know I have an hour, but if I'm feeling crunched for time that gives me permission to make art without worrying that I'm going to run over and miss something I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and I also think that um, keeping things out and in process. So I'll keep um, a journal page or two open on my table so that when I walk by, it's like, Amy, <laughs> just, just, just do a couple of marks on me. Cause it's really enticing. And once you start stuff, sometimes it's hard to stop. Oh Yeah. Uh, and then also I carry a portable art kit um, and it's not huge. Uh, I carry in it some of those Sakura jelly roll pens that I was talking about that I frequently use over both watercolor and acrylic. Um, I carry some small tubes of acrylic paint. I carry. Um, what else do I carry? Um, sometimes I carry the um, Neo color crayons that are water soluble so they behave sort of like watercolor once you get them wet um a koi water brush which has a well for water right in the handle so as you point it down the water will run out whether you're using watercolor or acrylic it's really great for traveling and then i have a homemade um watercolor kit in the kit. So it's like a little Altoids tin and I've glued in, I think we're going to have a picture. Mm -hmm. I've glued in um, a bunch of bottle caps with super glue. And then I squeeze out um, the better quality watercolor that comes in tubes. Um, so it's wet. Um, and I let those dry and then I'm able to use that on the go. Cause they dry hard just like they would if you bought like a, a pan set, you know, when they come in little cakes, basically those little circles um, or squares and it's so convenient and I get really good quality um, colors in there and it's a lot of fun and I do a lot of art journaling in the car so when we take our um, trip to up to Maine every year from Massachusetts it's a long car ride and you know some of that looser more expressive work I can do in the car because it's not too exact so if we hit a bump it's not a big deal <laughs> Oh, yeah, that, uh, yeah, Amy's watercolor kit is really cool. We'll have a picture for it 
of it for you in the show notes so that you can see and that you can definitely make one of these on your own and you can put whatever you want in your own travel kit and it can just be something as simple as watercolors and paint you know you don't have to have all the other things or maybe you just want a pencil um it's it's totally up to you and you can kind of you know play around with it and change things up i always do that when i go on trips as i take different things depending on you know what i'm feeling like i want yeah. at the time and i always always forget the one thing that i want on that trip and i always go and buy it so i've got like 14 you know black markers and like 12 Uh-oh. white gel <laughs> pens and because i'll say like, i don't need that on this trip and then i ended up having to go buy one um <laughs> Actually, the one thing I forgot to mention was uh, a small journal that fits in, in the kit. So I have like a zipper pouch mm. and it's um, what is that stuff? It's that plastic that fused plastic, I think it is. So it's it's fine if it gets wet or whatever. Um, but anyway, so I have that and then I have like a small right now. I have a small moleskin travel journal and this is probably three by four or five or something like that. But it fits inside. So it's really convenient. Perfect. Yeah. I don't think size matters at all when it comes to journal size. I know um, Tori from Fox and Hazel has been doing tiny Uh art journals. And today she just posted she posted a one by one inch journal today. It's it's like the size of your finger. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, that's awesome. I I don't know if you ever saw it, but I have little one inch squares that I do in uh, an O-ring. Oh, yeah, yeah, So I get the O-rings at Mm -hmm. Staples, and Mm -hmm. then you just punch a hole in each one. You guys, this is so fun, especially if you're working in a short period of time. So you just get a a one-inch square hole punch and just punch out of, like, mixed-media paper, which is, like, a thicker paper, and then just do little mini paintings on tons of those. And, boy, you can work a series fast. And then you go back with the gel pens and work it, and it's so fun. That is super, super cool. And you can't really so be attached. No. Yeah. But I really want to see the the Fox and Hazel one. That sounds great. I want to check that out. Yeah. Hers are really cool. But yeah, you can't be attached to a one inch paint, painting. I mean, so like if something goes wrong, like what? It's just one inch. Oh, like wow. you just throw it yeah. away. Oh, that's such yeah. a great idea. Oh my goodness. I love this. There's so much good stuff. Amy, thank you so much for sharing with us. And we're going to have plenty of links to you in the show notes on the website at howshecreates.com. And so people can come over to your site and sign up for your um, workshop and your webinars because those are free right the webinars are free yeah when i do the webinars those are free Mm -hmm. they're so wonderful and so you can learn so much more about this and so we will see you later thank you so much for talking to us amy thank you so much i had a great time thank you for listening to how she creates we would love to see how you create share with us on instagram using the hashtag how she creates If you love learning about creativity with us, please leave us a review and subscribe on iTunes. Grab your art supplies and we'll meet you back here next week for another episode of How She Creates.